I'll just open up this time in a quick word or words of prayer. Father, thank you, Lord, for this night. Uh, thank you, Lord, for the time we had to uh, just hear and get to know some things that we did know and some interesting things that we didn't know about each other. And, and I just pray that this will continue. I pray that as we hear from your word that we will be challenged um, by it to possibly change the way we think and change the way we behave and change the way we live so that um, ultimately your name will be glorified. And when people look at us, they will see a functional body and not a dysfunctional one. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So if you can turn to your Bibles, I'm reading from a different version. I'm reading from um, New Living Translation. Um, so those who had the Bibles handed out to you, uh, it will sound and look different. Um, but just follow along. Uh, reading from First Corinthians chapter 12, um, starting at verse 12, and we'll go all the way to verse 27. So just to give a real brief overview, I'm actually looking at the time and uh, I'm going to cut down my notes. But just to give you a real brief overview of what's happening in Corinthian. Uh, Paul is sending this letter. And, and it may not specifically what's happening right there have anything to do with us practically right now. But it's still call for us to make some kind of application to what is happening. What's happening in the Corinthian church is there's a lot of factions, right? There's a lot of division. And to the point where even to the degree of people claiming that, hey, my spiritual gift is better than your spiritual gift. You know, I can sing. I can sing better than you. And you can't sing. You can't carry a tune, so I'm better than you. My better is better than you, and my best is better than your best. And you can never be as good as me because I'm better than you, right? Um, And what was happening is this sort of theory of or belief of of elitism, I just made up that word, but the root word is elite, elitist, and what that basically means is that they believe that those who had greater abilities should be the one who should be governing. Those who are able to um, do greater things than others, they should be the one that are in charge. Anyone that didn't have the abilities that they had should be their subordinates. And they were taking it to the level where, like I said before, you know what, I have, I have these spiritual gifts, I have a gift of teaching, you don't. So I don't need to listen to you. I don't need to associate with you. They were creating factions. Factions were creating among the church. And, and Paul is addressing that, and he's using a very unique analogy. Um, not so much unique in um, the analogy itself, but just the approach to get them to understand how, although us being very different and diverse, we who are Christians, believers, are a part of this extensive body of Christ. And it's sometimes kind of hard when you start to think about it, but if you just look at it simply, those who are all believers, we are a part of the body of Christ, which means, you know, we are his followers, we are the ones who have placed faith and trust in him, we are a part of his family. And so the terminology of that body of Christ, Paul uses our human bodies as a comparison. And let's look, verses 12 through 14. It says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. And again, that's not a, that's not a reference to 
Christ's physical body when he was here on earth, but that's a reference to the Christian uh, Christians uh, people. Uh, verse 13, some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some of us are slaves, some of us are free. So practically speaking, some of us are Bahamians, some of us are Haitians, some of us are Jamaicans, some of us are Canadians, some of us are Americans, some of us are Chinese, um, some of us are whatever else, right? But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same uh, spirit. So Paul is saying, you know what? Yes, we're all different, right? We don't all look like Michelo, or you don't all look like Chris Cartwright, right? We don't all speak alike and sound alike. We don't all walk the same. You know, we're, we're different. However, since we are, in fact, believers who have placed faith in Christ, we are a part of his body. And as much as the body has limbs, parts, they all make up one body. Verse 14, verse 15 through 20. Now Paul explains how the, the indispensability of the body parts and by that, and I'm speaking like in a, a, a specific sense to this text, because yes, we do. We have folks who are, whether they were born um, with missing limbs or there was a tragic accident, and so there were amputation and stuff like that. So we all know that. But as far as keep in mind the what we quote unquote call the normal body, Paul is explaining that. Each part is indispensable. Like, I can't just wake up today and be like, oh, you know what? I don't want my right arm. I want a, a frog arm because I want to climb. Or, you know what? I don't want my left leg anymore because I don't like the way my toes are, you know? Or I don't want my ears because they point out all the way to the side and people keep on talking about my ears like, like I have monkey ears. And it's not because I want to be a monkey, but it's just because my ears look that way, right? Paul, Paul, Paul refers to how each individual member makes up the entire body. And those individual member parts are indispensable. They're not something that we can just cast to the side. So verse 15 through 20 says, If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that, does that not make that last a part of the body? And if the air says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any last part of the body? No. Okay, I just added that for emphasis. Um, if the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an air, how would you smell anything? Right? It's just so straight to the point, right? Like, you don't have to break that down. Like, you don't need, like, the, the Greek and the Hebrew to that and the context and all that stuff, right? It's just straightforward. But our bodies have many parts. And watch this. And God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but one body. So, if Jen... If my lovely Jen was just a nose, I can tell you now, before we got married, I can tell you now, 
I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't be like that interested, you know what I mean? If Jen was just a nose, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, nice to meet you, you know? You know? Right? Right? Now, maybe if she was just an eye, then I'll be different because she has beautiful blue eyes, right? So, so that'll be different. Watch, watch and learn, watch and learn. <laughs> right? So, so, so what does that mean for us today, right? If I can, and I'm just using, uh, 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 examples that we're familiar with. If I can sing, and Jamie can't sing, you know, it doesn't make Jamie any less of a person because I can sing. And, and if I can sing and I'm like, you know what? I can sing and everyone else who can't sing shouldn't be here. I mean, how would it be if I'm just here by myself from 7 to 9.30 and I'm just singing, right? If someone was to come, I'd be like, okay, what is wrong with Pastor Mishlo? Why is he just singing to himself, you know? All to me I want to sing. Okay, I'm not going to attempt to sing because that's not my gift thing, right? It would just be word, right? Or if... Evan has got a drummer, and he is off the stage doing monologues all day, right? right? You know, it, it's just, it just looks strange. It doesn't look right. So how do you think others, say if someone comes into, into, into Ignition for the very first time, never been to Ignition before, and they see us in our different groups, and even possibly over here that we're talking about so-and-so, and they go, oh, you know what so-and-so did to me, and... Oh, you know, they think they're so good, but you know, and all that, all that other stuff, right? And I mean, what do you, what do you think? What do you think they, what do you think is going on through their minds? Like, is this the group that I was invited to? Is this where I supposed to feel like safe and I can let my hair down if I have hair? I mean, is this the place where? You know, I suppose they hear about God and, and what it means to have a relationship with Him. I don't think they'll be going through their minds. I think they'll be saying, hey, I get this elsewhere. And it shouldn't be. Um, the last few verses, Paul explains the connection of how the indispensability of the individual parts of the body are uniquely and interdependent upon each other. So although my right foot is not my left ear, it's all a part of the body. Verse 21. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. Because none of you want to see my rear end. Right? So that's, that's covered. Uh, maybe that was like TMI. But anyway, you get the point. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. Rightfully so while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. 
This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. So not one person is more important than the other person, regardless of who they are, what school they go to, where they live, how they dress, what they do, their involvement in the ministry. Remember verse 18. God has put each part just where he wants it. And if we can only, if we would only choose to not become so cliquish, right? And it's hard because, you know, I've been guilty of it. And sometimes I'm actually still guilty of it. Because there are certain people that I just, I just naturally connect with. You know, there are certain things we have in common and we click, you know. And, but there's other people where I don't have a lot of natural things in common with them. And I actually have to work at it. So let's purpose to try to work at connecting with those who we don't have much in common with. And you never know. You may actually find out that you do have something in common with them. And let's even take it to another level. If you are a believer, you are a part of the incredible body of Christ, of believers. That alone should be the thing that spurs you on to love your other brother, love your other sister, who may be different than you. So if you would choose, if only for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to embrace one another, that would be a good thing. Because if you choose to do that, because in order for you to do that, that means that you have to love one another. You have to have show, as Paul says, perseverance towards one another, be forgiving towards one another. And if we do that with putting love, which is the perfect bond of unity, then we'll be able to accept one another's differences and work together. And not have a group here, a group there. Which is nothing wrong with having a group of people like, hey, you know, we connect with. But the thing is, once it comes to the point where that's isolated and we don't connect with anyone else, then there is a problem. And the worst thing we want is for the unbeliever to look at from the outside and see a dysfunctional body. Because if you can only imagine a hand here and So let's look like the body of Christ that we ought to look like. Let's function as a team. 
let's resolve today to put aside our differences, work together as a body, which is diverse, but being united as we are in one spirit and in one body. Amen. Uh, Father God, thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray, Lord, that we'll be able to uh, start in this week, put aside our differences, uh, uh, and see how uh, we can work together as a team, as a body united with diverse um, um, personalities um, for your glory. And so we pray that we, you will be glorified in us as we seek to work together more as a unified body. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.